1: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back. Beck UL Daily right here on the Beck UL Network. Joe O, Joe G with you on a Thursday. A lot more to get to in this show. We'll dive into bowl seasons. Some college games starting on Friday and Saturday. Right now, though, we go out to the guest line here. Alex Kristen joining us. He is, of course, for sportswear to you, Brown Bets, and we're going to talk some NBA NFL with Alex. He's joining us at the GetMyPhoenix.com guest line, the Phoenix, a revolutionary technology helping men all across America get back to their best in the bedroom. Visit GetMyPhoenix.com to learn more. Alex, welcome back to the show. I'm sure we'll get to some NBA. I want to, I want to start, though, NFL t- touchdown scores. It's interesting. We're at the point of a season now, a lot of backups are in, injuries happen, right? It's a different kind of NFL than we started with, and projections have changed. I looked at the NFC West this morning. We got Brock Purdy, Baker Mayfield, uh, Colt McCoy, right? They're all starters in this division right now. How does that change touchdown score props, your, your perspective on playing them when it's, it's a downgraded quarterback? You know, in some cases, a lot around the league.
0: It can be really tough, and I think you kind of have to go team by team. Tonight is a specifically ex- interesting example because the way that 49ers offense is set up, I think they could almost plug anybody in a quarterback here. Now, it's not the same dynamic offense that they thought they were going to be with Trey Lance, but they didn't really ask much of Jimmy Garoppolo. You know, Brock Purdy was fantastic in his first game. I don't expect him to you know do that again tonight, but I don't expect him also to take a huge step back. I mean, imagine there'll be a turnover or something tonight, but there's just not a lot in that offense that is asked of the quarterback other than just kind of manage the ball spread it around to some of your talents um now maybe the opposite side of that is a team like the baltimore ravens you know you go from lamar jackson to tyler huntley now huntley can run a lot again doesn't turn the ball over but really limits that team's passing potentially you saw mark andrews take a big step back in that game so as you start to think about you know those changes in quarterbacks start to look at the team specifically is the whole offense built around their first quarterback or is it a little bit more of a plug-and-play system like we see in san francisco
2: um, the, the team that you follow the closest, uh, your Philadelphia Eagles, having a great year. And uh, throughout much of the season, people have talked about, oh, you bet on the Eagles in the first half, and then you could fade them in the second half. Or, or they they do have great starts, which they do. The numbers are there. They're one of the highest scoring offenses, first half, first quarter in the NFL. How much do you buy into that? And when you have teams that are better on the script, are, do you load up on the, those sides for some of these first touchdown player props?
0: It does make a big difference as you start to look in the flow of these games. I think the Eagles specifically, again, Sirianni doing a great job coaching. You can see that in those scripted plays as they start out. And, you know, certain teams are like that. Now, another version of a team like that, the Cleveland Browns, maybe not as prolific or as good in the first half or first quarter, but their first touchdown just about every week is Nick Chubb, maybe one of those wide receivers. Again, they come into – the game with a really heavily scripted plan. I mean, the Eagles specifically, um, I think what we've seen mostly with them is they get up in the first quarter, first half. So why keep rolling in the second half? Why unload all those offensive plays? You know, as we've seen in the NFL time and time again, you want to save a couple bullets for the playoffs. So I think that's kind of what we've seen with the Eagles, but yeah, to address your question specifically, when you've got a team, that's a big favorite, especially that starts quickly. um, I will tend to have more picks on that team for first touchdown than the other team say like a four to two kind of ratio.
1: All right, so Alex, we're getting close to the point of the season and a couple weeks away, but not that far away from teams like the Eagles, potentially the Chiefs, the Bills, clinching, right? So we're not not sure. And and even with the Eagles, what, I think it's three times this year, they haven't played their starters the whole fourth quarter. I mean, I think we're getting close to the point where some of these teams are going to sit their guys down. Would you stay away? Like you're losing in essence, maybe a quarter, maybe a half of potential touchdown score across for some of these players. Would you gravitate away from them? Um, would you go to their backup? Like last week for the Eagles, Boston Scott, right? He had a five to one or six to one to score a touchdown. I mean, he owns the Giants anyway. But that game got out of hand. He started getting the carries in the fourth quarter, and he hit a touchdown—the last touchdown of that game uh, for the Eagles. How do you? Pl- how would you? Imp- how would you have that impact the way you bet touchdowns late in the season if you don't think guys are playing the whole game?
0: Yeah, that's a great question. You know, it doesn't really change what you're doing for first touchdown score. These guys are still going to play the first half, first couple quarters. But I think the real advantage you can take here is live betting touchdown scores. Um, Boston Scott live going into that second half, I think was like 2-1, to one, even 3-1 to one to score a touchdown. If you are watching these games, paying attention, thinking about these game scripts, you know, um, just about every book at this point is hanging live touchdown scores into the fourth quarter. So try to watch for that. Um, those are looks that I try to make at halftime, really assess really where the game is whether I think some of these guys are going to rest because you're right some teams again like the Eagles have had no trouble doing that but not every team does so try to look and figure out who's going to rest their guys and then I would go in at halftime with a real plan for the second half you know when I get to the end of the third quarter let me get again some Boston Scott or a backup running back to score a touchdown something like that because there is a lot of value in that the books are a little bit slow to adjust.
2: All right, San Francisco, Seattle tonight. We, we are getting a pretty good Thursday night game. I don't think Al Michaels is going to be crying about it. Uh, the majority of the market has it down to three. There are still some three and a halfs. Uh, some spots have the Seattle side uh, juiced. Anything side total?
0: This is a really difficult game for me to handicap. You know, the Seahawks, we know historically, are one of the best teams at home, if not the best team at home, over the last five, ten years in the NFL. And I know you don't really want to look back that far, but there's been some real consistency there under Pete Carroll with that team. The San Francisco 49ers, again, you've got Brock Purdy's second game. Everybody's now has some tape to watch. There's going to be less adrenaline running through. Maybe there's a little bit of a letdown here. Mm-hmm. So I was looking towards maybe an under, but eh, – It's going to be really tough because when they score in this game, I think there's going to be touchdowns. I don't think we're going to see a lot of field goals tonight. I think if there is points, it's going to be a lot of touchdowns. There's good matchups on both sides of the ball for these teams offensively. So it's kind of a funky game. I lean towards taking Seattle plus three. You know, that's all the way down to minus 105. Three at less than standard juice is always a nice grab for a home team. So lean that way. But I think this is a really tough game for anyone to pick apart.
1: All right, Alex, let's talk some NBA here. Um, the Lakers were a team that were so bad to start the season. And they've come around. You know, their last, I would say, two and a half, three weeks has been better. They just lost an overtime game to the Celtics, lost an overtime game to the Sixers. W- where do you fall in the Lakers? Is the glass half full that they have found something in the last month and a half or, you know, five weeks, whatever it's been? And they're going to get their way back to contention as season goes along? Or is this fool's gold? Or, are we still out on the Lakers based on the way they started the season and really what they were last year?
0: I am absolutely still out on this Lakers team long term. You know, I don't expect them to have too much postseason success, but. I've actually been backing them game to game. If Anthony Davis is healthy and LeBron James is healthy, this is still a really interesting team. They have two of the top 12 or so players. Anthony Davis, you know, he's not back to maybe New Orleans' Anthony Davis, but he's back to maybe where he was a couple years ago. I really love the way he's playing defensively. His shooting numbers have just been out of this world good. But you look at the wins, a lot of them against – some of the lesser teams in the NBA. Three of those wins against the San Antonio Spurs who are actively trying not to win games. You know, wins over a beat-up Portland team, a beat-up Washington team. So I do see maybe a little value in them game to game, but I continue to be really pessimistic about their chances of doing anything in the playoffs should they even make it that far. So, you know, don't hesitate to grab the Lakers plus four, plus five when they're at home in some of those spots. But overall, I'm still pretty pessimistic. I don't think we'll be seeing LeBron in the postseason this year.
2: I, I know that you look at the Western Conference standings and when you look at the games, it's all really close, but it's still kind of jarring when you look at the top four. You knew Memphis is going to be really good, but to see New Orleans, Memphis, Denver and Portland at your, at your top four in the West at this point, uh, wh- which teams do you think uh, you'll fade? You'll fade moving forward in the Western Conference and any that we can buy low on? I would start
0: with a buy low team, and I think it's that team that's the number one seed. I, I love this New Orleans Pelicans team. I was a little worried okay. about Zion Williamson coming right. back off a long right. injury. He's always kind of struggled with his body and his weight a little bit, but looks to be in great shape. Is running a rough shot over the NBA when he is playing, which, again, has been at a high level. They've had some struggles with injury, but they continue to win games. As long as they have two of Zion, Brandon Ingram, or CJ McCollum, this is a really scary team. They have depth. They have defensive flexibility. Um, could probably use one more shooter. I hope they go after Boyan Bogdanovich, but I've been accruing some Pelicans to win the West and Pelicans to win the title positions. I think this is just a mm-hmm. great team in a great spot. Um, in terms of going against some teams, I am going to start to fade these Portland Trailblazers team. It seems like they've kind of peaked at this point. Um, you know, Damian Lillard is playing really good basketball, but I wonder if this team is a little better playing some of the younger guys focusing on that. Um, been really disappointed with some of their results lately, but have continued to sort of go against them. Um, you know, as you go a little bit further, further down the board the Jazz I've really been fading the Jazz a lot had a hot start to the season um, but it's one of those teams where you know it's not quite like that Pistons team that won the title but it's a lot of these small pieces that wouldn't necessarily fit unless they're all together they're starting to pick up some injuries to guys like Colin Sexton and, and you know not the sexiest name but they really need what he provides to win these basketball games so betting Pelicans futures and betting against the Jazz night tonight
1: all right, so yeah. within the West, I'm looking at the standings right now, and I'm seeing basically four games, four, four and a half games, separate the three seed from the 11 seed, right? There's a lot that's just kind of bunched up there in the West. Reminds me a little bit of the East last year. We know the Celtics were basically a 500 team at New Year's, and then they went on a run. If you had to pick a team in the West, that's not near the top, right? So take New Orleans-Memphis out, that you think by the time we get to the playoffs, they're going to be a legitimate contender to, to, to make some noise. Who would it be? So you're obviously fading Utah. You gave your thoughts on the Lakers. Give us someone in the West that's not near the top that you think their season could change here.
0: I really wish I could say the Minnesota Timberwolves, but man, things have been rough there. They're sitting just outside the playing game. I think that team is going to get better, but I think the easy choice and, and the smart choice is the Dallas Mavericks. They're 14 and 14 for some reason. It's been a clunky start to the season. We've seen that the past couple years. Whatever reason, this Mavericks team and Luka needs a couple months to kind of build themselves back into form. I've been really heartened by the way they played against some of the better teams. That win over Boston was really impressive. The win over Golden State was good. Um, So I like that Mavericks team. And I think there is, again, another move left to be made. They were a team that tried all offseason to make a couple trades. They have more assets than maybe some of these other teams. So I think at some point, maybe in the next couple weeks, they'll probably start buying on some of these Mavericks futures, but I think we'll see Dallas in the top six, you know, top seven once we get to the postseason.
2: What's the most intriguing NBA award right now?
0: I think MVP is really intriguing. Um, hard to maybe give out a pick here, but it's been just about as wide open as it ever has been. Now, Nikola Jokic probably deserves a lot more love than he's going to get. This is a media award. Remember, Michael Jordan didn't win it four or five times in a row. LeBron James didn't win it three, four, five times in a row. The last time somebody won three in a row, I believe, was Larry Bird. And it's only happened twice before that. And with all due respect to Mr. Jokic, I don't think he's going to be the next guy to get three in a row. So you look at Jason Tatum. He's the market favorite basically with Giannis right now. Then Lucas right on top. It's just a really interesting race night tonight. I lean towards Giannis. I still think Giannis is the best player in the NBA on what is going to be the best team at the end of the season. But Jason Tatum has picked up his assist numbers, is leading a Boston team that at certain points has had the highest offensive efficiency rating in the history of the league. And then Luka Doncic, he's just always lurking there. So I think the MVP race is pretty interesting. I would lean towards Giannis. If you're looking for some value, though, um, Joel Embiid eleven to one I think that should be single digits. So maybe scoop up a little bit of that
1: race because it's wide open?
0: That is a really difficult question. I was really hoping you weren't going to ask me about Kevin Durant because you're right. I don't know why he's still in the 30s, um, would have him closer maybe to the high teens, low 20s at worst, but it's the consistency. Like you said, this team has been up and down all year. I really struggle to see him continuing to do that. It's just, it's too much for me to expect this Nets team to continue to be, you know, a a 59, 60% win team. So I don't necessarily mind that bet, but it's just too up and down for me to trust anybody in Brooklyn.
2: Yeah, when we talk about value for this award, I keep going back to that 30 range. Uh, Joe's brought up Durant and then a couple of other names that we've talked about. Like, I understand Giannis, uh, Tatum, Luka, they're three and under for good reason, right? But um, in that 30 range for value, there's also John Morant and Devin Booker. Tell me why they're not going to win the award. Devin Booker's not going to win the
0: award because he's going to have to split votes with Chris Paul, with DeAndre Ayton. There's a little too much spreading the ball around there. And I think you maybe have yeah. a little bit of fatigue with this Suns team that honestly is it might not be as good, but John Morant was the number. As I started looking through the 30s to one, that was the name I picked. That's the best value, I think, at 30 to one. This Memphis team has really struggled with injuries, but they keep winning games. For them to be the second seed in the East, I think is a huge accomplishment, something that people are noticing. And it really is Morant night to night carrying this team. So I think that's definitely the best value in the 30s you picked a good name
1: okay. yeah there's a lot out there i mean that, this is one of those things i think for all season long until someone just totally separates maybe it's tatum with that team and their record we'll be talking about alex always appreciate you hopping on we will catch up soon alex critchison sports wage you brown bag bets we love having him on talks some nfl and NBA. he was on the getmyphoenix.com guest line the phoenix is a revolutionary technology helping men all across america get back to their best in the bedroom visit getmyphoenix.com to learn more. we got a lot to hit on the rest of the show. we got NFL Week 15, the Saturday games. Three big ones across the NFL. Hit those coming up on the other side. We will get to survivor options, which, if you're in Joe's pool, we're right down to the end now, except, of course, for our guy Ian McMillan. And then uh, a lot to do in our next hour as well with college football bowl games. But on the Saturday NFL games next right here on the Beck All Network.